Hey there, this is Adrian Lopez, the Integrative Awareness Coach, and I'd like to welcome you to the most recent adaptation of my weekly podcast, now entitled Lifting the Veil. I'm so glad that you're here. I created it as a platform for people to investigate the nature of their consciousness so you can embrace your destiny, not suffer your fate. Hey there, everyone. Today, I wanted to talk to you about the ego triangle. So I'm sharing the image, or actually two images in the video file or below the sound file, however you are coming upon this podcast today. But either way, I've included a picture, an illustration of the ego triangle, and then a picture of the giraffe comic, which I've shared a couple of times with many of you in the past, either um, in my three-day video training or in my private Invoke membership club. But we've been looking at these two images in regards to perspective and the ego. According to the ego, there's really only uh, one way to look at life, which is based on a belief in separation, where it gets to either play the role of a victim or hero or villain, or any combination of the three, depending on the situation in our lives and the different roles the people in our life are playing, how they, however they're showing up based on what you or they are needing to learn at that particular moment. So in a world of duality, which is the world we live in, the victim sees itself as either a winner or a loser. And that's duality which of course does not necessarily include a complete picture. It's missing something. And so this is where we get the opposition of say, the empath and the narcissist. This pattern of behaving emerges out of a false premise, which operates within a whole range or spectrum of severity depending on the situation, depending on where we are where we are at in our healing journey and the level of responsibility that we've taken on for our experience. But it's all a product of an inaccurate or incomplete perspective or relationship to reality. We are missing or the ego is missing part an important part of the picture. Just like you can see in the illustrated giraffe comic where uh, the giraffe is only seen a very small part of the landscape. So let's use this example of the empath and the people pleaser or the narcissist, the bully, the one who uses dominant energy to get what they want or what they need to get their needs met. And when you look at this opposition from the ego he or she is the king or queen of pain because the ego's perspective are two sides of the same coin and they emerge from the same underlining belief system a belief in separation both the empath and the narcissist are trying to get their needs met although they are using different strategies 
Either I'm going to ignore my own needs in order to please others because I'm scared of being abandoned or not loved. The empath is acting out of, I need you to love me. While the bully is acting out of, I'm going to get what I want no matter what, one way or the other. But both come from the root or the origin of loss or losing, not getting what they want or need. And so they are trying to prove or to show that they are valuable as an individual. We're important, we're worthy, we're deserving of love, or that they matter. So which one's worse? Is it worse to be a people pleaser or to be a bully? Well, when you look at it and you see the big picture pulling back the lens, neither. They are both at the core motivated by the same sense of lack or fear of loss, losing again, which reinforces an inaccurate relationship to reality. And this is in particular what I want to go into more deeply today. And in order to do that, we need to slow this process way down because our behaviors have become so automatic that they begin to appear outside of our control as inevitable or what we call real. And they are real, but we've lost our role in the interpretation of events unfolding in front of us. The thread that leads us back, so to speak, to the moment that we agreed to that version of reality. There was an outside event, and then a thought, and then an image, and then an emotion, and then a reaction based on a certain time and space in a moment. Most likely very early in our lives as children. And then that became part of how we saw the world and thus true. But here lies the problem. Most of us are living out of constructs crafted by a seven-year-old or the first seven years of our lives. So let's take a more detailed look at the mental emotional processes that result in either being a victim or a villain or a hero as a reaction to the idea I'm not enough I'm not lovable I'm not worthy they're all different versions of the same thing a defense against our own belief in lack so let's expand that space between the stimulus and the reaction if we are on autopilot it's a reaction if we're bringing the light of awareness to that space we can transform the reaction into a thoughtful meaningful response not one based on unconscious behavior that is based on a false premise so this is why meditation can be so powerful for people because it can help us create the space between stimulus and reaction and we really need to practice this when we're not in the hot seat. So when we are in the heat of a moment or the heat of the moment, 
and our nervous system is getting revved up by what appears like an outside threat to our being, we don't always have the ability to authentically choose our response because the ego is no longer present. It's placing all of its attention on what it lost in the past and hoping it can control this now moment. And in doing that, it loses the moment that's here right now as well. In fact, when you really begun to observe your ego in action, you begin to notice that the ego is a product of loss which at a certain level is a form of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, or a trauma response. And I call it this not lightly, but because it's an area in our life where we go unconscious to avoid feeling pain. It's a behavior, the ego is a behavior taken on to protect us from pain. In that way, it can be seen as a survival mechanism. It can also be seen as an addictive response to avoid pain. It's actually not reasonable when you really look at it. The mind goes unconscious and when it's unconscious, it makes huge, often instantaneous leaps of reason. And when you begin to slow this process down and really take a look at it for yourself. You don't have to believe me. You can start to observe yourself as you go through your day, through your interactions and see how often you are an autopilot because we've been trained this way, this particular response or reaction, I should say, since we were many of us just children as I mentioned so now we don't even think we just do it naturally because we don't you know have any reason to question it although it might not be getting us what we want really it's already pre-programmed in our mind and in our physiology and in our body it and at a certain level It seems natural and by default true because we've been doing it for so long, even though it's not. So this is the awakening process of bringing awareness, the light of our awareness, our attention to these darker parts of our consciousness that we're not aware of, of our thought process or our beliefs and how we use our imagination. I image my state of being or nation. I, most of us image by default. It wasn't by default originally, but it's become default. By default, my world and, and as a result, determining what I believe I'm capable of, what I can have. It's all being determined by past program that I put there and then forgot about. I like to use the example of a chair in your bedroom, right? We all have a chair or a sofa or something in our room where we pile clothes on it one after the other. 
and then we forget what we put there on the bottom until we start cleaning it out. So it's the same with our consciousness. It has a, but, but in this case, it really has a lot more repercussions than just a chair in our bedroom because it's affecting how we live our lives, our relationships, our work, and so on. So this is a really big deal because you're bringing awareness to something, areas of your consciousness that have been closed in the darkness or hidden in separation from the time, um, most likely since you were, from times of when you were even a child. So this really takes some bravery and some courage But if you weren't ready to do it, you wouldn't be here listening to my voice right now. So I want to welcome you and thank you for being here and having the courage to keep listening and to prepare yourself to do this work. And it's really a letting go of the past, things that you no longer need. And so I want to give you an example because it's always easier to take abstract concepts and apply them uh, if there are real examples from our lives. So let's say you're interacting in a situation with someone, maybe a family member or a mate or even somebody on the road that cuts you off, but let's stick with a family member. If we're dealing with a family member, usually um, there are patterns that are very well established because we've been entangled with these people and they've become ingrained in unconscious patterns and scripts that we've inherited and now we've become identified with them because they've been in place since we were just little and so let's say that uh, we do something or they say something and I automatically go into autopilot by default to my childhood programming because there is pain and the pain or the avoidance of pain keeps the behavior in place unconsciously and um, the false belief which causes the pain I am not enough for example it hurts because it isn't true but the ego thinks it hurts because it is true And now I don't have to actually even think of it. It's just who I am. So even though in reality, I am a conscious, I am consciousness in a body. I've been created in the likeness and image of God, as the good book says. I get exactly what I ask for energetically, whether I'm conscious of it or not. So this is the place where we get lost because we check out we go unconscious and so we must with compassion and patience bring the light of our own awareness to this place instead and light is simply information information of the truth which is unconditional love or the vibration of unconditional love so we're in this situation somebody says or does something as I mentioned that triggers me and it may be a a behavior that they've 
used in the past to their ego has used to try to manipulate or control to get what they want because that's how the ego believes it wins and it works to take energy or attention away in a situation but it's actually just reinstalling the belief or the be a lie or belief in a lie which is separation adding another layer to the delusion that we perceive to be ourself so it's no wonder why we have difficulty actually relating to people authentically because our ego is doing so much work it's actually just reinforcing the belief or the habit or the un- through unconscious action and this can be related to karma or sanskaras what we do unconsciously without thinking reinstalls a pattern and reinforces a habit whether the premise behind it is true or not it doesn't even matter so right before i act i have a small window of opportunity to make a decision to actually decide for myself and before i do this is the place where i have to begin a regular practice or a new practice to stop and to take a pause and to ask myself some questions like why am i taking this action am i reacting or am i responding or what am i telling myself about this situation that is making me feel unsettled or ill at ease or upset to where my ego wants to impulsively act without taking a moment to reflect so you see because all of our problems or the conditions or situations we find ourselves in in our life were created by us unintentionally most often because they serve us or they wouldn't be there and i will say more about this next week